This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Josh Hammer, columnist, is with us. I first became aware of Josh reading his columns in Newsweek, but his columns, you can find them in so many places. Josh's. Josh, thank you for being with us this afternoon. Both nerdly, what a thrill. Thanks for having me. Josh, everybody's uh, looking at the Republican races. That's where all the the mainstream press energy is, whether it's bashing Nikki Haley, trying to smash down Ron DeSantis, of course, the continued uh, Trump hate that is just part of and, and the woof and warp of, of mainstream press. But you have a column about the Democrats. <gasps> Finally, someone's writing about the Democrats. <laughs> and you say in your column, which might come as a surprise to some folks on the left, that the Democrats don't have a lot of good options coming up here. Explain, sir. They really don't. I mean, I think Joe Biden, to say that he is an incredibly weak incumbent, would be severely, severely understating the point. I mean, the man is in palpable mental and physical decline. I, you know, I, I take no particular pleasure in saying this, but, you know, just the other day I was listening to him over with Zelensky in Kiev. You almost feel bad for him. I mean, I mean, you have to almost feel bad for the guy. I mean, I mean, wouldn't he rather kind of spend kind of like like his elder years, like at home, surrounded by loved ones? I don't know. But the problem is, Bo, when you start to look at Biden's possible alternatives, obviously, if you're going to deep six the incumbent, then you necessarily need someone to replace him. The next three names that come to mind for me, at least as far as my reading of the tea leaves in Democratic circles, are Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg and Gavin Newsom. And all three of those are worse than the other. There are, there are simply no good candidates who come to mind. I mean, Kamala Harris, the staff turnover in her office has been remarked upon by even the liberal press. It's an incredibly leaky staff, and no one seems to like for her. She does extremely little good for the Biden-Harris ticket. I think everyone knows that. It's the world's worst-kept secret. Pete Buttigieg might be the worst transportation secretary in the history of the Department of Transportation, given everything happening from train derailments to the FAA grounding all flights just a month ago or so. And Gavin Newsom has presided over the first population decline in the history of the state of California. So my guess is they'll have to roll the dice with Biden, but there are just no good options here, honestly. When you look at the, let's say, Gavin Newsom, by the way, was survived the recount. He is popular. I don't understand how or why, but in his his own state for the people that are left there, and there were 700,000 people that escaped from California, net loss, I think, those moving in about half a million people. But he still seems to have a base, and he has been, I'm sure you have too. He's running for president, whether people want to admit it or not. Every other week, he seems to have a line of attack for either DeSantis when Nikki Haley came out, he had some snarky remark about her. He's even out uh, uh, trying to, to to trade some barbs over his ex-wife, who quickly uh, snapped right back at him. But he's out. He is clearly trying to elevate his own standing. Do you think 
that among liberals and the hardcore left, that Gavin Newsom is the strongest of the bunch. You know, it's funny you should ask that. I was at dinner just the other night down here in Florida where I live with a few conservative friends, and one of them actually speculated that even if Biden does decide to run for re-election, she was speculating that Gavin Newsom would actually primary him because he is very ambitious. You're absolutely correct to note that. He is very deliberately cultivating a national profile. He has picked various fights with our governor here, Ron DeSantis. He's, He's clearly itching for the national stage. And his series of policies are obviously quite far to the left. I mean, he is kind of a classic California liberal progressive and all that that entails. So I guess I see the appeal for the activist far left. Now, you have to remember here, as the Democratic Party goes further and further down the rabbit hole of intersectionality and identity politics, it's going to be increasingly difficult for a white man to win the presidential nomination. I, I say that sincerely. I mean, I mean, with all sincerity, it was kind of a miracle enough that Joe Biden won the last time. But, you know, in 2024, it'll be even more difficult for for a white man to win. But, you know, even if they go ahead. Well, wait, whoa, and, and hold not- on a minute. Whoa, hold on. Who's left? It's Kamala or the white guys. <laughs> well, it's true. But, you know, re- remember that Pete Buttigieg's sexual orientation at least gives him a slight hand up, right, in the intersectional Olympics, so to speak. Um, okay. But, but 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 Gavin Newsom, you know, look, I mean, I understand the appeal for the far left, but I, again, California was, you know, that was the iconic American state, though, for so long, going back to its statehood in the middle of the 19th century. They gained population every, every year, and people are just fleeing this state finally in droves. So it's hard for me to see his appeal to anyone other than the activist far left. Hmm. There's always Sam Brinton. Uh, but, okay. <laughs> So let us say that that Kamala is stepped over. Now, how is that going to impact the ever-present black vote, which is what Democrats claim they have to get? Of course, my contention is Democrats don't really care about the black vote. They take it for granted. They just assume they're going to all they have to do is badmouth the Republican, call them racist. That takes care of that. The blacks will go with the Democrats. But how are they going to assuage those in their party if Kamala is not the choice. And by the way, the Democrats also believe in the it's my turn philosophy. Uh, Unlike sometimes Republicans go with the it's my turn. That's how we got John McCain, I think. That's how we got Bob Dole, I think. But what happens if Kamala is passed over? Or I should say when she's passed over. And Mitt Romney, too, let's not forget. You know, he was he he, oh. he did very well in in the 2008 primaries, and then he was uh, the next time around in 2012. Look, I, I think you're asking a great question. I mean, I was reading an article recently. It was either Politico or CNN. I can't quite remember. And, you know, there are any number of top-ranking Democratic officials who look at Kamala Harris's complete lack of visibility on the national or international stage, the fact that she is – just to be very candid, it's just not well-spoken on the issues. I think that would be a polite way of saying it. And a lot of folks are trying to shove her aside, but you're totally right. They have no idea how to do so without just ticking off a large swath of the Democratic base, including many black voters, but you know, certainly not limited to, to black voters. And I don't think they have a good way. Well, I think his call just got... Uh... Uh, dropped there somehow. I don't un- quite understand how. Uh, did we just lose everything? 
Yeah, well, in the meantime, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. The phone line just dropped. Isn't that interesting? Mysteriously dropped. The phone line suddenly died. Suddenly died. Your calls are coming up. We're going to try to get Josh back for a quick minute so that we can say goodbye properly and finish the thought on Kamala. But your calls are coming up, and I can't wait. We have so many people that want to comment on Angela Davis or other things. We will get to your phone calls immediately after we wrap up with Josh on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Don't go away. Josh Hammer's back. I don't know. His phone line suddenly died, or maybe our phone line to him suddenly died. There's a lot of suddenly died going on out in our society today. Josh, you were just riffing on uh, Kamala. Let's finish that thought. Yeah, so sorry about that. Uh, So Kamala Harris, look, I mean, she is, uh, there's no way to describe properly how unpopular she is. And Democratic talking heads and I think the party heads know that, but they're going to have an extremely hard time ditching her. I mean, remember, this is the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who, when it came to his one Supreme Court pick, explicitly said he would pick a black woman who comprised roughly, I think, 2 percent of the national lawyer pool, by the way. But they're, I, I don't see a way for them to do that. I mean, I mean, I am open to possibilities, of course, and, but, but they're, they're not going to be able, I think, to kind of unpack that. Pandora's box. I, I, I think that ship probably has sailed. And as far as Joe Biden running for re-election, if he does so, I think Kamala's stuck on the ticket, to be honest. Wow. And that could be brutal. Josh, it was great hearing from you. We hope to hear from you again and have you on many times in the future. I enjoy your columns very much. Tell people where they can find you, Josh. Sure thing. No, you're so kind. Thanks. And my columns can be found at uh, Newsweek's opinion session, newsweek.com slash opinion. But any number of other conservative sites as well, Town Hall, American Greatness, Daily Signal, Daily Caller, lots of conservative media out there. So thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate this. And we'll have you back. Thank you, Josh.